Hello ladies and gentlemen I'm Kumara Raghavendra and welcome to another episode of Product Stories This is a podcast where I cover topics relating to product management design technology and business with experts in the industry from across the globe Today's guest is Anuj Rati who is the VP for growth and revenue at Swiggy He is among the top product leaders in India today and actively shares his views on product and startups both on Twitter and via talks on various public forums. Prior to Swiggy, he has led product management for the buyer experience at Flipkart and Snapdeal. In this episode, we talk about the core skills for a product leader, drawing anecdotes from his time at Swiggy. Anuj describes Swiggy's transition from a small startup to one of the top tech companies in India, about aligning everyone in the company towards a strategic vision and direction. how he spends time between big ideas and growing the core business as well as thoughts on how to develop top product managers and retain them hey anuj th- thanks for uh, joining me today for this conversation it's great to have you on board on the podcast to talk to you about essentially core product skills maybe l- let's start with your experience at uh, swiggy when you started off you had you joined about uh, seven the swiggy was operating in about seven cities with 5000 odd restaurants and now it's more than 500 plus cities with lakhs of orders in a single day so when you look at this growth how has your particular skill set and what you had to index on what you had to learn and uh, do in order to go from that earlier stage when you were operating with a smaller team to a stage now which is a larger product org so first up thank you kumar for having me uh, it's great to be with you Uh, a lot of things have changed naturally i joined swiggy almost four and a half years back a little more than four and a half years back uh, as you correctly mentioned we were operational in seven cities at that time and on that too uh, we had just launched a bunch of these cities we didn't really know how to run these cities efficiently either and we at that time we were a very small product management team also like we uh, we had barely kind of understood what real deep customer experience looks like but because of our our fundamental dna of uh, of trying to understand the customer as deeply as possible constant learning and trying to solve for that was i think the anchor point around which we built the entire product management team and and the organization at large um uh, the question that you asked like what what was the skills that that were already there and what was the kind of learning and now what are the kind of skills that i index on i think you had to go back into 2016 and look at like for example the competitive market uh, at that time in the same space at that time this category was just starting out uh we knew that there was this big need we are solving a real customer pain point and delighting a lot of customers in a few cities uh, there were a lot of other competitors as well uh, like everybody and their aunt was doing food delivery at that time uh, but but swiggy had kind of risen to become one of the most loved uh, iconic brands but at the same time it's we didn't or we we kind of understood that it's a it's a complex problem statement or complex product building exercise itself because it's a three way marketplace so we like to use the analogy of it's like think about e-commerce multiplied by uber so it's like amazon multiplied by uber or something like that right which is what you have to really think about it's as soon as you open the app we still need to know all the real time coordinates of of for example where are the delivery executives going what is the real time supply and demand gaps um, which restaurants should we show you and discovery aspects etc come on top of that and it is extremely hyper local it is very time sensitive food is a perishable commodity people the consumers who come to the app they are already triggered by hunger and if you screw something up they will be angry and all of those things um, now given all of that context it's, it wasn't like a very simple business to build and the product management also that is required here had to be like way more nuanced but at the same time 
just trying to make sure that we are attacking the right set of problem statements for this cycle or this year or like whatever that time period was it was very easy to get uh, get you know pulled in a variety of different directions because a lot of things were either not built or um, or or everybody was asking them to be built so in a way think about that it's a one step function change was where it was very clear what we had to build by the time like this figure was launching in seven cities we did not have a great consumer app let's work on that we did not have a restaurant partner app at that time how would restaurants even accept the orders and so on let's build that delivery executives how will they even send out statuses and so on because what we really used to uh, show even from the beginning was exactly where is your order and that was one of the anchor points which, which we brought in into food delivery so we did not have an app they used to do it through sms let's build an app for that so now the basics were set up of the marketplace uh, at least with respect to like different parties being able to interact with each other but for them to be able to coordinate with with um, with each other and make an order successful and and really unleash the power of uh, of the efficiency that we could be getting etc we were not there yet and hence a lot of uh, you know business units started coming up with their own requirements and we were at probably like the lowest point of our uh, of our journey in in product at that time we didn't have any frameworks and we didn't really know how to prioritize and so on so my focus at that time was mostly around setting um, like three big things like setting up the prioritization process right like of all these tens of thousands of things that we could be doing how do we prioritize and what are the things that we focus on which are anchored towards company strategy contribute towards a company strategy also that's one second was around getting the absolute best kind of people inside and uh, i i vividly remember two things that we discussed i and harsha which is if we want to make swiggy like the best uh, product management team in india and not because we just wanted it to be like that but but really we thought that only the best of the best pms will be able to solve this tough nut of a problem that we have and and nobody should leave because we will have like that kind of a product culture we had neither neither the best product manager at that time we had some good people but not certainly not the entire team and um, and not the you know the best product cultures so i think that was another thing that that had to be established or like we had to keep on working towards that third was around how do we take extremely large you know bets that are that are just not incremental innovations for for any company's life cycle so those were the the very high um, you know kind of things that i had to um, get started on uh, at that time uh, of course we've had like a, a journey and uh, so we scaled up our operations almost like in the next couple of years and after that we were starting to we started to expand like all all sorts of cities and teams and even product management grew and um, and so on and then pandemic happened so it it again like, like the business went down a lot and there was like panic on the streets we had to go back to the basics with all the customer demands changing now like safety being a much higher priority than for example best kind of food or or more indulgence and again the core of the marketplace changing with restaurants being shut and the like delivery partners being you know going back because of reverse immigration and what not so we had to go back to the root like look at and i think that was a, the phase where i had to also change uh, anchors on what does a company need what kind of product management would work here uh, some fundamentals did not change of course you have to still keep following the customer but you have to think about the customers a little bit out because because a lot of their habits were temporary they would come back to or or maybe change for the fundamentals so you have to take like an outsized view what will happen and execute like crazy like i think execution became like extremely important in the year 2020 so i was playing a lot of that kind of role which is like make sure that uh, that you know this all uh, all all sorts of problems that we find ourselves in we are still able to um, have like a good robust execution machine 
that is still prioritizing the best things and shipping that out and, and reaching to the right customer segments and so on. So I think that was 2020, large parts of a little bit of 21 as well. And now I think we we know after one year of pandemic that uh, that this company or this uh, product that we have built is a deep-rooted habit. It is really a requirement. The category is not going to go away anytime soon. We are way more confident in our skin. And uh, so now we are thinking about how do we unleash innovation and how do we make sure that we are like really creating a growth machinery rather than just like you know small pockets of growth so that's what we are focusing on now. fantastic uh, thanks for the overview so uh, among the things that you mentioned hiring and retaining a team is a beast in itself so i'll mm-hmm. give that a little bit later but when you spoke of prioritization or uh, investing in bigger bets which could be looking farther out and as well as execution all of this requires aligning the entire organization in a certain mm-hmm. direction and ensuring they're all working in towards the goals that you're setting uh, as a team you're setting out. Now, when the team was smaller, it would be easier to have a direct visibility on what's happening and be more involved in everything that's going on and be aware of things. But at this scale, how do you ensure that you still have such a visibility? How do you ensure the entire org is aligned towards one strategic view and what are the challenges that come with it? <laughs> I think there are two distinct questions, Kumar, that you've asked here. One is, uh, how do you, or in fact, three distinct questions. One is, how do you build a strategy in itself? Uh, B is building that strategy so that everybody understands that, hey, this is the strategy and all of us are aligned and we are not moving in different directions. And C, how do you trust people with that strategy? And, um, and rather than just going to the depth of each and every product manager or each and every business unit and, and trying to find that out. So I also think about these three things as, as distinct units, but all of these three things need to come together, uh, both at the top as well as the bottom and everywhere in between, if your company has to be successful. Like you may still be unsuccessful because of external reasons, but um, I think it starts uh, at the top itself. Like what is your process to even come up with a strategy? Is it a strategy that is clearly articulated, understood, debated, thrashed out, and then recreated of whatever needs to happen there? So I think the first thing that um, uh, a senior product leader needs to do is essentially contribute a lot towards company strategy and not only uh, the product strategy of, uh, of the company. So as long as you're doing that and, and you know that the frameworks that you're setting are, are the right ones and, and the vision along with you are creating the strategy is the one that, that keeps everyone excited and, and you are able to find like great ideas along that vision, et cetera. I think that's, a, that's the first part that is super important. You also need to understand how much agility do you want to bake in into, into the yearly strategy? How many of things you already know ahead of time, how many things you will respond to and and after constant learning, you will be able to find out. So, so at Swiggy, we have been able to at least uh, craft out that overall machinery itself that, hey, this is a strategy, this is an anchor point, and this is the kind of agility built in if you find out more things. So both setting up the strategy as well as the org ways of working has to be set, which is one of the things that I have uh, had to like actively contribute to, if not do a large part of myself. The second part is how does this, this strategy actually translate into actionables for, for various teams? and the good part or the bad part is it could translate into very different things for various different teams. So you may have been, you may have started with like already a very high point where, for example, you have like, you have been doing great with respect to say user experience on, on, on say search, but you may be like really poor in cart, or you may have been doing really, really well with respect to say your delivery experience or, uh, uh, or say post order experience, but not with respect to restaurants. So all of these different contexts need to be understood. And like appropriately, the leaders may need to have like a very clear understanding of what do I need to do to move from here to there in various teams? And how does all of these things coming together look like? And that becomes your vision. 
and and unless you are able to formulate that vision uh, you may not be able to actually have like bit a conversation between you and the team uh, that anchors them towards what should they be focusing on so what we do here is is a, is a top down kind of guidance and a bottom up uh, kind of uh, understanding of where we are and where we can be going and and this merger is the most important one so that's when you know that teams are not operating at as like 28 different companies but at the same time you are not overtly micromanaging towards what do they have to do so this is uh, still work in progress but uh, but i think that's this one place where where we banked on a lot one way in which um, and that's something that we are moving towards is is a world of streams where we try to keep independence of streams as much as possible so and they work on three core principles which is like the streams will need to be aligned the streams will need to be autonomous and the stream needs to be like extremely high accountability so with these three principles when you set them up and and uh, and try to minimize as many interactions as possible that's great but given that we are a three three way marketplace a lot of that will still happen so the the part that i focus on also a lot is uh, how do i short circuit information and create that machinery which which kind of um, make sure that product building in itself is not working in silos and all of us are contributing towards a bigger vision right so from uh, when you mentioned the top down as well as bottom bottom up coming together uh, could you elaborate a little bit more on how the bottom up actually comes up to contribute to the larger vision for example if i'm speaking for myself or some of the other people who could be working in similar roles like me what would you expect from uh, your team to essentially bring bring out insights or bring out uh, learnings that can contribute to shaping the direction and how does this mechanism work right i think uh, there is already a lot of shared knowledge between between the product teams around um, and they would have they do pick up a lot of uh, of this from from leadership guidances or mind shares and like uh, general strategy and so on so it's not as if that they are working out of context and they are smart product managers would also know that within my area how can i contribute to this this kind of a vision that's that's point number one that's kind of the assumption the, the other assumption is if you are a good product manager independently you should be able to come up with a roadmap that um, like unsupervised roadmap in itself as much as possible which is which is relevant to uh, both the capabilities that you could be building which are delighters or in in other cases which is like if it is acting on some core metric like say a cost metric or a pricing metric etc so you would usually understand that where it needs to go and you should all you should always be the person which is the guide on what are the best things we could be doing now what happens is um, once these two things are there the bigger challenges that i've seen is not with respect to the right kind of ideas being chosen but either them being prioritized well or b them being resourced well because there are only so many engineers that are going to be there with you or business people or designers and so on so in a lot of cases what happens is um, product people don't do a sufficiently good job at 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 actually uh, short circuiting short circuiting this which is like top down and bottom up by showing what could the world after a year look like so one thing that uh, that we encourage product managers to do is like you know don't create just one roadmap actually create three different you know versions of the future like if you give me these many resources and so many uh, uh, you know uh, maybe a budget or something else and direction and alignment then we will be able to achieve or or build these many products or fix so many bugs whatever that is to achieve these kind of 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 core outcomes and outcomes don't only need to be in metrics maybe we'll unlock like more product market fits maybe we'll uh, you know take the share away from competition in in this meaningful way etc so i think when they do these two or three things and the alternative ways of the uh, of the world that becomes extremely powerful because that's when you're giving your leaders a choice and essentially helping them 
see you came up with not only one roadmap but you actually thought about everything and here are your alternative uh, versions that somebody can choose the problem that happens when when a when a product manager does not do that uh, because product management is is a is an art and sense of prioritization so out of 100 things ideas that may have come to your mind you may have written five and discarded a whole bunch of them and the leader would ask you but you know that thing made sense why did you put it here and then you explain no no we put, we made we worked with the assumption that we will not have resources and hence we hence we chucked it away and that immediately is like a destruction of trust so if you are able to do this alternate versions and then run them through what was your thinking process a you will be able to get feedback from leadership around what they have missed or what they should have been thinking more of or how big of a target can we think or how deeper we need to go etc so that's one part and uh, and also then they understand like what are your asks from the leadership that's how like the the fusing of of bottom up and top down works in the best way right it's a great takeaway to actually not present a fully baked solution as the one single thing but actually share the thinking process and maybe highlight different options that could be achieved definitely makes sense and something that i could utilize uh, go, going back to one of the things you mentioned earlier on was about also identifying longer term out taking a longer term outlook identifying bigger bets to make uh, initiatives to go after so how would you say you distribute or split your uh, time and focus across such newer ideas and newer uh, bets versus the growing the core business even for instance growing expanding to more cities could also be a new newer initiative or a newer bet versus growing what we have could be a essentially focusing on the core growth of the growth of the core business yeah it's a, and and it keeps on changing year by year and in some cases quarter by quarter also and like i was mentioning even like during covid we were like just hanging on to the core business in a big way but at the same time looking at the newer opportunities that had come up because of covid and what could we be solving the way i look at that is again your your core understanding of uh, of where your business is today is super important if your core business is getting threatened by a lot of uh, you know outside forces it could be competition it could be regulators it could be like you know pricing pressures and all of that um you need to absolutely preserve your mothership and keep innovating on that also and and try to both gain market share as well as gain customer love on the base offering itself in our case for example food delivery is is a brilliant kind of a business in that sense because uh, the occasions in which you will have food like is actually 100 times in a month now what can swiggy capture is at least like say four or five or seven or whatever that is so we never lose our focus from the core market at all the way we look at that is while we built up this core business we also laid out like a great capability which is like a large delivery force and like a technology which which now understands not only shipping food but it understands tasks and it understands these various entities in different way and once the vision expanded then actually we had created like a specific bandwidth to understand or to create what other business line can lines can actually travel on this railroad so one is like laying out the railroad and the capabilities and your your main train is going to be a food delivery now what other trains smaller trains can can go on this railroad and it again depends on your risk taking capability the money in the market like so many other things also Uh, your boardroom discussions how the investment sentiments are and and all of those things but essentially you still need to carve out the innovation trains that will go on on your railroads that you're laying essentially for the company so in our case for example we were very early when we had started thinking about that food delivery is not going to be the only place that we'll that will be operating in and we basically said that there is a core you know group or a core circle 
that we'll keep on protecting and working on very hard, which is food delivery. Then we call something called more. More is like either deeper categories or adjacent categories that we'll be working on. So it could be Instamart, it could be Swiggy Genie, it could be uh, you know meat as a category, uh, all the other ones. And the third one is what we call meta. Meta is essentially creating uh, unfinished businesses with the users or creating stickiness with the users, which are out of their functional needs. So that's where your things like uh, say an Amazon Prime, like you invest in it once, but you you there is a shift in preference for the entire year. So that's unfinished business with you and Amazon Prime. If you have made some rating or comment and so on, and if you have a profile on say any social media, that's that's your stickiness driver there. So in, in our case, so we, at the start of the year itself, we kind of understand how much investment should we do in core? How much do we do in bore? How much do we do in meta? And now within those, what are the hypotheses? So, and that agreement also is something that needs to happen ahead of time with your leadership. Right. But as I said, it will depend on year on year and it'll depend on so many other factors, but and but but large anchor points will still be, will still be kind of understood by uh, by the teams as as the leadership's uh, you know minds don't change that often with respect to chalo core chhod dete and let's let's go on on completely creating more categories first right and this framework sort of helps pull everything uh, even in terms of new ideas fit to a larger vision which is the main train that you spoke of and in a way any new ideas that come up you have a sense of whether that fits into the larger uh, way of thinking about how the customer operates or not and in, in this sort of a scenario, how uh, how should individual product managers be thinking about uh, innovating in their own particular areas where they might be very specifically focused on solving a certain problem, but uh, the learnings that they encounter by solving those problems may be adjacent to the area they may be focusing on, which might lead them to not considering them very actively, but going back to focusing on what they were supposed to solve. How do you, in an organizational setup, encourage product managers to also think of what they could be doing adjacent to their areas and not be siloed in on what they're currently working on? So it's, it, it's an interesting question. And actually, it's again a loaded one, uh, Kumar. But let me try to uncover how we think about product managers and, and, and how should they be thinking about adjacent areas and how should they be thinking about um, core product management skills, core development skills, apart from only the functional skills. Like that's how um, we think about that. I think one, I, I, I keep on bringing you back onto, this is a three-way marketplace. And in a three-way marketplace, to even create an order or deliver an order successfully and keep the customer happy, it cannot happen with uh, in silos. Like there cannot be a customer product manager, a restaurant delivery or a CX product manager who are working completely independently without the context. They, by definition, will need to understand everything. When they are coming up with a, uh, with a solution, they will need to jointly brainstorm. They will need to understand if we make this change, for example, a particular change on say advertisements on, on, on Swiggy. What does that mean for, for example, different kind of, um, of restaurants? How will they grow or degrow because of this one? What will that mean for last miles of delivery executors? Because now you're showing maybe distant restaurants or not so distant restaurants and so on. Everything is connected. So in our case, that's a good thing that uh, by definition, product managers have a lot more context about the company and the core offering compared to various other companies where it is where the product can be sequentially broken down. And uh, while it provides great depth, but, but I think uh, it doesn't provide you the overall understanding of the ecosystem. In our case, that is a good thing. But that's also the bad thing because uh, decision-making kind of gets choked if, if not like every uh, PM has not been aligned or they have like conflicting goals, how will we actually take decisions? It's not only PMs, but the, throughout the entire company, yeah, that problem happens sometimes. 
but but we now understand that hey this is both a challenge as well as a boon so the way we encourage product managers to do is is first up understand their own area very very deeply and understand in what level of evolution that is uh, that particular product area is and b what kind of depth is expected of you to do a great job at that for example when you're doing core logistics or when you're doing say search the expectation is is you won't be creating so many more different experiences for your users but the uh, but the idea is that you'll go extremely deep and and you'll probably need to work with a lot of data scientists and engineers and and read up all of these you know machine learning papers around your areas and go very very deep whereas some other um, uh, pms for example the expectation is not like that if somebody is working on a new category itself they their the expectation is you will be thinking about like in the shower also you're thinking about how can i set up this new category and and how do i uh take it from 0 to 1 how do i scale it in more cities and and so on and so forth so so there are the the good part of being a slightly larger company is that you have all of these pockets and and in a way your product managers have access to all of these areas and ideally they should be working on things that they care about and they want to grow into uh so we have these career conversations with them that where do you want to see yourself in like say a few years and what are the things that are that we are expecting you to do in one year are these two things aligned and if for example you want to be like um, an entrepreneur yourself uh, then you should not be working on a very deep problem then you should be working on probably things which are um, which are more in zero to one stage uh, and then scale up and then let's see if you can have that kind of experience more and more and maybe you do two or three of that because all of us here are going to be in a part in a journey and we may decide to part ways but hey at least in during that time um, you should be learning a lot more about your craft and where do you want to go and and that's that works out well for us also because if you want to learn at the core then you'll be performing in the best way possible uh, that that kind of works in swiggy success as well so that's one um, also we have made it internally very easy for uh, uh, or or at least like very clear to pms that uh, we look for delta one movements like if you are maybe you are it's not as if that you are working one day in in like a very deep product and and next day you say that hey you know what i want to work in the zero to one i may not have acquired those skills but but we definitely have uh, this this clear area where where you can move from one place to the other you can actually go and work with other product managers gather those skills uh, make a pitch to the hiring manager and then then we'll make the transition if that is needed right that, that's actually a great segue to back to the topic of hiring and retention of a big team uh, or a classic team that you mentioned so as you clearly highlighted here there are different skill sets and different uh, interests within product managers of what kind of product areas they want to be working on and some could be in the zero to one space some could be going deep in uh, other spaces but how do you ensure the entire org irrespective of what individual interests are are growing in what they want to be and how do you set up the org itself to ensure every individual is on a path towards development and growth so this may be easier to do with direct reports but ensuring this across the org may be a harder thing that that's right ensuring this across the order and again no org is perfect here so it's not as if that uh, every org uh, has that kind of uh, uh, of mindset also in some orgs for example uh, i i take this example many times which is like when facebook uh, in its early days and maybe even now uh, when they do a product management reorganization or any big changes etc they they traditionally haven't taken like a lot of time to do that it's like you know what it's a rocket ship people will figure out if if they don't if they cannot figure out their own growth then maybe you're not meant for this rocket ship and sure we can care only this much 
uh, versus say LinkedIn, which will care about the last detail and like will take one year before they change your metric and like all of those things. They'll be very deliberate about that. So there is a continuum and, and it depends on how much you want to focus on that part. At Swiggy, I think we are, we are uh, somewhere um, in between. So we focus a lot on individual growth, but at the same time, we, uh, we want to make sure that we are giving enough liberty and, and you know, places in which people can experiment and find out their own calling. But the processes that, uh, that, that can help here, I think one of the processes that we've recently introduced is essentially we, we don't like have just a generic product management um, uh, you know, framework of hiring and, and, and so on, while the, there are some basic competencies that you have to cover. Both for hiring as well as promotion, retention, growth, all of those things, we look at these three things for each product manager, or we look at inputs, outputs, and outcomes. And these are three separate buckets. Inputs are essentially competencies. And we work with the product manager to define which are the areas and competencies that are important for your skill, sorry, for your role um, uh, in, in, in a particular you know, period. And for example, at a, at a junior product manager or an APM level, a lot of execution is, is required, a lot of collaboration, PRD writing, um, uh, building crafting good experiences, et cetera, required. As, as, an, as, a, as a senior product manager or a director, a lot of product leadership, product strategy, et cetera, will be required. Domain knowledge will be required a lot more and, and competitive understanding will be required. All of those things, right? So we understand first as inputs, what are the competencies? And essentially every six months or whatever time period we are uh, going to look at, between you and, and your leader, you should be clear that, uh, that you are growing. At least if we have found some gaps or there are rooms for improvements, et cetera, that you are growing in those or you're leveraging your best competencies properly. So, and that conversation needs to be a continuous one, while it needs to be recorded and clarified that these competencies you need to grow. So that's one, that's just input, which is essentially, are you a better product manager than we, than we found, than, than we found you at? The second one is outputs, which is the kind of projects in, through which you will demonstrate these competencies. And were you working with your engineers in the right way? Did you set up the right uh, culture? Did you meet users? If it's a zero to one, did you launch very fast and iterate? It can be different also. So there's a shape that is defined along with the manager, which is what are the kind of outputs and shape of outputs? And the third one is outcomes. Why were you even doing this thing? Uh, are, you, are you hitting those goals? It could be, as I said, it could be metrics. It could be something else. Now having this three-step kind of understanding, and then you basically run your six months with obviously very frequent check-ins. And after that, it's an easy conversation. Are you a better product manager? Did you create like great initiatives or offerings or projects? And were you hitting the goals? So it kind of works together. Great. That, that's a really useful way to think about it uh, and helps me map out what I do as well. And it really works well in this framework. Uh, we're just about running out of time. So maybe I, I'd love to deep, deeper I, any of these topics, but we'll leave with one final question, uh, which yes. is how, how do you uh, see, or where do you see Swiggy in the next five years or in that, to put it in a different way for the incoming product managers or the ones you're, you might be hiring now, what would be your pitch? Look, I think um, one is what Swiggy is today uh, and what Swiggy is going to be in the next five years. I think the vision is going to tie both today's world and the next world. Today, we are just starting to like eat out on our vision, on actually build on our vision on we want to build uh, a Swiggy which delivers unparalleled convenience to our users. And I think this vision itself is so broad. And while we have started only with food delivery in a few categories, in the next five years, I think we would have actually solved this for a very, very large percentage of India and in a much deeper, deeper way. And there will be various different ways in which we will be doing it. There'll be different categories, different use cases. Food delivery, of course, is going to definitely be there. But uh, I think we'll be a much more impactful company 
uh, in the next five years. And uh, the the context also is is that in India, look, everything is is inconvenient. Everything is or most things are unreliable. The roads are bad. The government is is like that. Your nothing comes on time. Your uh, you know cooks and maids and all of those things. So there's fundamental problems in the fabric. And what Swiggy is trying to attack is is the core fabric itself. It will take years. But, but we think there's a large opportunity area and a, and a large impact. So that's my pitch. Like, come solve this real problem for for Indians who deserve to uh, to actually live a better better life. That's fantastic. It's been a great learning experience talking to you about all these topics. Thanks for that time again, Anuj. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. Goodbye, Kumar. If you like this episode, do share it with others or leave a review so that others can hear about it. Until next time.